The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not-for-profit goals and how you can apply the Adesis Methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak Adesis. Today we are interviewing Matthias Kadesh, who is uh, still, I think, a CEO, but anyway, he's a chairman of the board, was a CEO for sure, of a little wonderful company in Slovenia. For those of you who maybe don't know where Slovenia is, Slovenia used to be part of Yugoslavia, and then when Yugoslavia fell apart, it became an independent country, I think it's in 1991. Uh, uh, I welcome uh, Matthias Kadesh to our conference uh, and to our radio show. Hello, welcome, Matthias. How are you? Hello, hello, Dr. Adias. I am fine, great. Uh, can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? What is your background? I know that you're a physicist, you know, you're a physicist, but tell us more about yourself. Who are you? Uh, I am... I, I studied physics. That's that's important for me because I never was economist. I never was a major. So I founded my company when when I was uh, forty-seven years old, uh, quite late. Wow. And, and I'm not anymore CEO because I retired uh, from the January this year on. And uh, what made you start your own company? What happened? Why at the age of 47, which is not an early age, as you say, you took the risk to start a company? What happened? <laughs> uh, there was a lot of co- coincidences. Uh, I was working for IBM for 19 years, and then I wanted to see some, uh, let's say, foreign countries, and then I worked in Sweden for five years. But uh, when I came home, because my family uh, could not cope in Sweden, when I came home, then, then I did not want to, uh, let's say, be subordinated of the people which I do not respect very much. So I said I have to find my own company. And I founded uh, the company, and at the beginning it worked so-so. I was uh, a one-man band company for four years. Uh, I was consulting also Swedish companies. But then from '96 on, the company started to grow. And, and, and what, the, what is the company in? Tell us about that. What is the company in? What does it do? Yeah, the company, we specialize in providing services for secure electronic payments through our software products. 
Our customers are mainly uh, banks. Uh, they are coming from 10 different countries in Europe, in Middle East, and in Africa. And also, they are not commercial banks. They are also central banks, mobile operators, because we also provide mobile payments, and also clearing houses. Excellent. How big is the company today, if it's allowed to, to know? Yeah, uh, the company today, uh, let's say, is uh, not a very big company. It's about $22 million uh, size of assets company, but uh, we have about 150 people, and these 150 people are employed in four companies of our group. So these companies are residing in Ljubljana, in Sarajevo, in Belgrade, and now also in Dubai. Matthias, I, I, I know that you got a prize recognized as the best company to work for in Slovenia. Uh, who do you attribute that to? I mean, that's a big prize to be recognized. Yeah, we, we got this prize uh, 2007, and uh, every next year we were one of the top uh, 10 companies in Slovenia. Uh, what we believe is mainly because uh, our company puts a lot of attention to how the people, uh, let's say, how do the people feel and uh, do they have some motivation, do they like to work, do, uh, are they happy with, with the working condition and so on. And uh, one of the things uh, which, uh, let's say, distinguish our company from similar companies in Slovenia is also that we have our own kindergarten for the children of our people. So uh, from this point of view, uh, people really appreciate the company and also our company is very much prospective uh, if we compare it to other companies in Slovenia. Uh, that is also one thing what people like to see, that the, uh, from the financial point of view, the company is good, it's good, good, good doing. You know, I want to uh, now underline for the audience the importance of having employees that are happy. I was listening uh, to the president, CEO of Cisco, Cisco Systems, which is a very large company. He has a rule. And the rule is, always ask his people, are you having fun? Are you having fun? If you look at the new companies like Google, uh, uh, Facebook, all of them, they insist on that their people will enjoy working. And they do everything possible to create an environment, conditions where people are happy. Because when people are happy, they don't waste energy on being unhappy. And the energy that is wasted on being unhappy does not, is not available for the company to be productive. So unhappy employees make the company non-productive. And but for you to pay attention to happy, satisfied employees, that the people want to come to work for you because you're one of the best companies to work for in the whole country, that shows that they're very productive as well. Matthias, what, what, what made you, uh, uh, when did we meet? When did you meet Adis the first time? I cannot recall now. When, when, is, when was it? It was uh, exactly three years ago, the 30th of September 2009. You, you came to visit us. How did it happen? Well, how did it happen that you invited me? <laughs> 
It was funny. You, uh, one year before that, in 2008, uh, you had a pre- presentation or a speech uh, in, in our MBA course in Bliet. Unfortunately, I did not, uh, couldn't come, but uh, based on the title, what you had, I asked uh, my colleague to, to go there. And when he came back with the, your DVD about an ideal manager, I was so impressed by your, by your presentation that I said, we have to get you here to show us how to go on. Uh-huh. And, it, and you, I remember when you came here uh, in the morning, you asked me, what the hell you want me to do for you? And I told you, I, I want you to make my company able uh, to continue growth without me when I retire. Oh, boy. So now for the audience, I want to underline here, make a commentary. What Matthias was uh, in need of, his biggest problem was what's called getting freed from the founder's trap. Many founders, when they start their companies, they build the company, and then they find that the little monkey becomes a big gorilla, and now you don't know who is holding on to whom. And then you become the prisoner of your own creation, and this is called the founder's trap. They cannot leave, but they cannot stay either. They cannot stay because they want to do something else in life. We're going to find out very soon what Matthias wanted to do. And, but they, if they, that's why they want to leave, but they cannot leave because if they leave, the creation will suffer, maybe even will fold because they're so dependent on the founder. So this is a very, it, I, would, I would say it's very similar to what a mother experiences with a baby. She wants to leave, but the baby cries. So she has to stay, but if she stays, she cannot leave. But if she leaves, she cannot stay. Very difficult time. So I understand. Why did you, Matthias, wanted to leave? Why did you want, which you actually did in January, you said this year, you finally succeeded to be separated, and now you're chairman of the board. Why was it so important for you to say, enough is enough, I want to do something else? What well, was, you know, you're still young. How old are you, by the way? I, I'm 67, 66. 66, 67 will be next year, yeah. 66, so two times the uh, Christian, uh, G- Jesus' age. Uh, uh, so, but my, you know, my basic idea, I would like that the company survives me and survives also, uh, let's say, my children. And so my, my basic idea is that the company would last. Because if this would not be my basic idea, I could sell the company. I would have quite a good money. I'm not, uh, let's say, running for money, but uh, I, I could do something else. But I feel that this company is worth uh, let's say, continuing is worth living, and also uh, I believe that it is good for the employees who, who put so much effort, their own effort, in, into this company. And I knew that without the reorganization, without the help of you, we could not make it, because the company was absolutely too much dependent upon my decisions. I want to add, uh, comment, make a commentary on this for the audience as well. You see, uh, in my book, The Corporate Life Cycles, I wrote something which came to me as a surprise because I have a degree in economics and in business, and they always schools of business and economics talk about profit, 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 money, 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 money. 
And then I discovered that many, many founders, as a matter of fact, all founders that I work with, really money is not the driving force. What is the driving force is creation, to build something, to build something that can survive them. It is really a drive to contribute something of, of some permanency. The same thing with Steve Jobs, by the way. Steve Jobs also said he is building a company that is going to survive him, which it is surviving now. All of them have, I, I don't call them profit, I call them profit. They are profits. They want to contribute something, to build something, to build a monument, which is going to be long-term, survive them, survive even their family. And this is the beauty of building a Taj Mahal. Let's call it Taj Mahal. And this is very interesting because the mistake is to believe that they're all money-hungry. If they were money-hungry, Matthias would have sold this company, and he didn't do that. Now, why you tell me that you could not have done this uh, separation of the company uh, without me? Why did you need help from the outside? Why was it? Uh, the, the, base, the basic idea, the founder, I was the founder, and at the beginning, uh, only decisions uh, was, uh, at the end, everybody asked all the simplest questions uh, me. So the, the, uh, in front of my room, there was always queue. There was always queue from the morning when I came to the company until the evening when, when I leave the company. And then I started to, to, let's say, decentralize. I started to put more uh, authority to, to, to uh, other managers. But these other managers, again, uh, I was not able to know how to uh, delegate the things, what is important, what is less important. Still, uh, although other managers took a big responsibility, but the basic the basic decision was were still within, within my hand and when i wanted to help somebody i tried to solve the problem of him i did not let's say i did not wait that he finds the solution he came to uh, to me and asked me for something for help and i was together with him developing the idea how it would be better so none of the other managers was so self-conscious and so uh, self-initiative that he would do it on his own. And that's why we uh, definitely we needed you. Uh, I want to uh, comment on what Matthias just said. So the rabbis, the old sages of the Jewish religion have an expression, no prisoner frees himself of his own chains. If you are a prisoner in chains, you cannot free yourself of your own chains. By the way, it applies to me as well, Matthias. I would like you to know. Here I am, professor of management, helping other people get out of their chains like yourself. I am in chains. How do I need somebody else to come and help me get out of my founder's trap? Because when you are building your Taj Mahal, when you build your organization, you become dependent on it as well. And we'll talk about it a little bit more after the break because this is a very important point for many founders to understand. Let's take a break. (music) 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Top Leaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30 minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The Adesis methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. Top Leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Top Leaf, visit www.adesis.com. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. There is a Buddhist uh, story, which has also a moral, so we understand what, the, what was the problem that Matthias was struggling with. A farmer walks and holds a rope. At the end of the rope is a cow. So they tell the farmer, why don't you let the cow go? And he says, I, it will run away. So what's happening here? Whatever, whatever you control is controlling the cow, but the cow is controlling him too. He cannot let go of the rope. So whatever we try to control, controls us. So when you build a company, then you want to let go. Whatever you control now controls And that's what the difficulty is. Matish, I want to ask you a very delicate question, but please be honest with me, it's okay. Uh, why did you believe that Adidas is the right thing for, that will help you solve your problem? Because many, many, many founders of companies have this problem, uh, and they go to McKinsey, they go to some big companies. Why did you come to us? Is it because we're cheaper, or what was it? <laughs> you know, the, the first thing is always a gut feeling, uh, because when I uh, saw your first presentation about the ideal management, uh, I was sure that you have uh, these values or uh, this, this know-how which, which 
I miss? And the second thing was when uh, we, we prepared the visit of you uh, in Slovenia, you told uh, us, the whole management, to read your uh, two books. The one, one book is management and mismanagement style, and another book was the corporate life cycle. So what we did was that uh, we, let's say, split the titles of this book to different, let's say, members, and uh, we had several sessions before you came here, uh, let's say, where we explained ourselves how did we understand your books. And when we went through that, I'm, I was so much sure that you are the only guy that can help me. Because, because we somehow identified already from the book's point of view with your methodology. And afterwards, you know, afterwards it went even much better than we, we expected. Thank you. And, and, and to the audience, I would like to say that I pride myself in writing my books so that everybody can read them rather than only academics, you know, with high brows. And also, it's not the first time it happens to me that people come to me after reading the book Corporate Life Cycles and they say, how do you know my company? How do you know my company? Because it is really dealing with reality. Anyway, Matthias, uh, uh, what, what stands out? I assume that the transition of you moving out of the CEO role is successful. Am I right? I mean, you are... You are now out and it's working out very well, or how is it working? No, no, the company is working very well. Uh, definitely the company uh, is changing because uh, the style of Marco, my, my successor, is different than my style. But I like it because if he would enter my shoes, then he would make a mistake. Uh, but the, and the company is also more consolidated because you know I I'm more how would I say uh, e-oriented. So one day this one, uh, another day this thing is important. Marco is more more uh, disciplined, more organized, uh, and and definitely the company now becomes I believe uh, more uh, more serious, more more adult. Uh, we will see. We we have now some, a little bit more than half a year, but but anyhow, we are now extremely extremely uh, uh, let's say active in in the international market, which is for us extremely extremely important, because in local markets we have very deep crisis. We cannot uh, work anymore so uh, good in the local market, but we have to go uh, internationally, and for. For this international market, the strict way how to do it in order to be efficient and effective is much more important than it was before. Uh, so you are very happy the way the transition happened. So what is it that Adidas did for you that enabled this transition, this very difficult, delicate transition to happen? Um, let me try to explain how the whole process uh, was done. I think it is it is very important because I think this how the process was done is very important for the success. Uh, let's say what you said at the beginning is that the reorganization of the company should be uh, agreed upon or let's say work together with the whole management team. 
And it was amazing for the whole management team and also later for all the employees that the radically changed organizational structure that together with you we developed uh, during uh, two sessions with you was smoothly accepted without any visible or disturbing objections. The only, let's say, the only case was that one guy uh, departed from the company, but this guy was not happy anyhow, even before. But because he did not get a higher position, he, he, he went out. But that was the only, the only thing. And uh, moreover, the new organization, and this organization started in uh, June 2010. And the new organization started to give good results just a few months after reorganization. And although the reorganization was really, really radical, and, uh, and good results, uh, we, can, we can tell you that in 2011, we had 30% more income than in 2009, although uh, all around us uh, is very deep, deep crisis. Uh, and this, the, the most important proof uh, of the good uh, of that this organization was good was that my longtime deputy Marco never wanted to be seen as my successor, never at all. But when this uh, organization started to work, he himself, without me asking him, he, he himself came to me and said, "Now I believe that I can take over." The CEO. I was I so it. much surprised. It was, it was my happiest day, you know, that I knew I have fantastic guy as my successor. And that was because the reorganization started to, uh, let's say, delegate the responsibility to about eight people. And now <laughs> Marco is willing to, to, to lead and willing to manage, and, and uh, the system is very good. Let me make a commentary on what you just said so that uh, uh, I can explain uh, from a professional point what's happening here. A founder builds a company, and the company grows custom-made to his style. And then it is like a custom-made suit. And when the founder wants to get out, who can fit into his shoes? Who can foot, fit into that custom-made suit? The, you know, it has to be somebody who doesn't, either doesn't understand what is he getting into. And Marco, you see, he realized the difficulty of fitting into your shoes or getting into your suit. It was very difficult to do, and he didn't want to do that, and I understand why. By reorganizing the company and professionalizing it, it became clearer. Thus, practically, anybody could have taken the job now. One of the principles of the business methodology is you don't want to have a company organized by an idiot so only geniuses can run them. You want to have a company organized by a genius so any idiot can run them. You want to have an organization where ordinary people produce inordinary results rather than having inordinary people producing ordinary results. So if the, everything is what? Structure, structure. Good fences make good neighbors. So everything, when it becomes clear, there is no more fog, 
then people start breathing and they really want to start providing leadership. And that's what happened in this company. We, we clarified the structure. And, and now you said that the structure was a revolutionary, radical. What was so revolutionary? What was so radical? Uh, everything was radical. But what I think was the most important, uh, because the, the organization was totally differently organized after uh, your advice than before that. But the most important thing, which, which I respect so much, uh, was the following, that you split it in our organization. Uh, the divisions that are responsible for the income, from the divisions that are responsible for support, from the divisions that are responsible for the future-oriented task, and divisions that are responsible for current operational task. For example, uh, we have four divisions. One division uh, is a, a strategic business unit. They are responsible for, for money coming into the company. Then we have the corporate development division. This corporate development division now, when I am CEO, I'm consulting. So I, I would like this corporate development division to, to make a bigger one during the, the first two or three years so that the, the E part of our company will grow. Then we have the production division, uh, which is PA part. And then we have the uh, corporate support division, which is also typical A part. So, uh, and through uh, the, through uh, the organizing this into division that uh, where you do not mix E part and A part, that means entrepreneurship part and the administrative part. This is, I think, extremely important because what we did not know before uh, we read your book was that always the administrative part kills the entrepreneurship part, really kills it. Wonderful. You see, for the audience, we're talking about a PAEI, and those of the audience that don't know what PAEI stands for really need to read the book. Uh, uh, and not, or, or listen to my previous lectures on this radio show where I explained that. Basically, in order to manage a company successfully, to be effective and efficient in the short and the long run, you need a complementary team with complementary styles. You need an entrepreneurial person working with an administrative person, working with the production-oriented people, working with the sensitive people. But in order to have a complementary styles, you need to have a complementary structure. And that's what Matthias is talking about, how to build a complementary structure. This is called architecture, and unfortunately, unfortunately, most executives, in my experience of 44 years working around the world, have no idea about principles of organizational architecture. They build organization around people, they build it around functions, around processes, and ignore those PAEI principles which are essential for successful transition. Let's take a break, Matthias, let's take a break, please. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. Join the Adesis Graduate School for online master's and Ph.D. programs. Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. 
The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Adesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and spiral dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org. Learn about applying the Adesis methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the Adesis methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders, key executives, and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. I want to tell the audience something uh, which is very important to know is uh, uh, Helcom. This is a company that Matthias founded, and he was a CEO of, and now he's a chairman of the board. Is uh, really, truly the smallest company I've been working with for the last 20 years. I usually work with companies which are 10 or 100 times bigger. And why did they do that? Because they fell in love with this little jewel of a company. A jewel of a company. It was a joy for me to come to work with them. It was not work. It was pleasure. And Matthias, I would like you to know I miss you guys. I miss you guys a lot. And as soon, as I, as, soon as I finish working with <laughs> whatever I'm right now, which I don't want to mention, I'll be back for some good air and good love that I feel in your company. Now, the question is, what made your company such a jewel, such a wonderful place to work? What are your principles in your behavior as you look at life and your, your philosophy of life that made this company what it is? What was the driving force of your behavior, of your style, of your values? Um, let's see. I, I believe that my my main main point is that I like people. I like people. I uh, admire people. Uh, people are different. Uh, I uh, respect the differences of the people. I also believe that in the company uh, that I believe that every person is good for something. Then the art of good management is to find the role of a, for a person in which he or she is the best one. Because in this case, he or she enjoys, and if he or she enjoys, then the company also is, uh, have profits from her or him. So I think this is, this is very important for, for a good management. 
Uh, and whenever I talk to a new candidate for job in Halcom, I always tell him or her that it is uh, her task to find the job in Halcom that she would like the most. Because, you know, in the company, there's always a lot of things to do. And some things uh, are covered good, some things are not covered good. But if there's a person who likes something that is not covered good, it is great for the company. Uh, so, and that's one thing which, which I personally believe is very important. Uh, the next thing is that the success of the company uh, is not the result of one or only few strong people of the company, but the success is of the whole committed team uh, where the mutual trust and respect uh, are the most important values. Before you came, uh, we did not have the expression mutual trust and respect, but we had uh, the expression that we have to believe in, in each one. We have to be positive uh, at each one. Um, but mutual trust and respect, I think, is exactly the thing which uh, we found is uh, the most important thing, not, not only be between us, within the company, but also between us and our customers. We are always long-term oriented. Uh, we we ne never lost a single customer, uh, and, and our customers are banks and, you know, big in institutions where the trust and respect is extremely, extremely important for long-term cooperation. Um, and uh, the, the third aspect, which, which uh, I believe very much in, is the teamwork. Uh, a, a company with a teamwork can produce much better results than the company of individual, let's say, even genius, genius people. We, we had quite a few uh, genius individuals without a team-oriented, uh, let's say, attitude. But, but these geniuses are great for a short time, but in a long, long run, uh, they make more damage to the company because they develop something and then uh, they do not, uh, let's say, leave anything behind them and suddenly the company is in, in front of big problem how to solve the problem which uh, he, he left. The, the teamwork, I think, is very important. Uh, and the, the forcing for me, what is important is that the mistakes are acceptable in the company. Mistakes will all, always happen. Uh, with blaming the person who made the mistake, uh, nothing uh, good is achieved uh, because the person becomes unsure. Uh, most of the people lose courage. Uh, they are not self-confident anymore. Uh, the self-initiative goes down if they are blamed always, and uh, even, uh, let's say, if they are not blamed, they know that they will be blamed, they don't dare to, to risk anything. So people working in a culture of blaming mistake uh, always hide themselves. So uh, allow the mistake, but try to build a culture that everybody learn from mistake. The mistakes are allowed, but Mistake doing twice, the same mistake doing twice, this is not uh, allowed.
then because they didn't learn anything from that. And this is also, from my point of view, very important. Uh, and the last, but not uh, definitely not the least important, is that try to uh, collect around you or to gain around you people who are better than you. Uh, maybe it is uh, difficult when you are younger because they believe that they will overrun you. But, uh, you know, when when I was 47 years, I was so much self-confident that uh, I did not have any problem anymore. But this is extremely important. If you, if you surround yourself with people that are better than you are, then definitely you cannot miss. You have to be successful together with your team, of course. Matthias, I would like, this is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, contribution. I hope many people hear you. We have around about 30,000 people around the world that listen to this radio show, and I hope they all hear you very well because you're really giving a contribution. Let me uh, comment again on what you said. The common denominator for the audience, the common denominator to everything that you said is one word. Faith. You have faith. That's why you allow mistakes. Right. Mistakes are learning opportunity for people to learn from. It's okay to fall. That's how a child learns to walk, by falling. That's how you learn to drive a bicycle. That's how you learn anything, is by trying out, and by trying out you will make a mistake, so you learn from the mistake. But many people don't have faith they are scared. They live out of fear. They don't live out of faith. Faith means I believe in you. You believe in people. That's why you like to work with people. Some managers don't like people. I had one manager who said to me, Dr. Adesis, I love to manage. It's people I cannot stand. What the hell are you managing? I told him. Horses? I mean, you're managing people. If you don't like people... Don't be a manager. Go be an engineer. Go be a computer scientist and sit down across the computer. The moment you're a manager, the moment you're a leader, you must like to work with people. And what does it mean, like to work with people? Not have fear of conflict. Again, we are back to the word faith. Believe in yourself. Have a long rope, not a short rope. Don't have a short fuse. You believe in people. You believe that you will overcome. You believe you can learn from people. You can believe you believe you can learn from their mistakes. Everything is based on self-confidence and means that you have no fear. You can overcome problems. You believe that there is a solution. You believe that there is people are good. And then also, that's why by having no fear, you are willing to take and hire people that are better than you are. You see the common denominator? No fear. And what does it mean? Faith. Faith in the future, faith in the people, faith in what you do, which means there is a lot of what I call it, love. Love. Faith and love go together. You have a lot of love. You love, you love your product, you love your company, you love your clients, you love your employees, and everything is based on love. And that's why when I came to Helcom to work as a consultant, I felt embraced. I felt 
welcome. I did not feel, oh, another guy is going to come and change us, you know, in resentment and fear. I felt faith. So every leader, I want to emphasize this, the bottom line, the most important thing that your company has is not money. Money chases markets. So if you have a market, money will come. It's not market either, because if you have a technology, you will find the market. It's not technology either, because if you have good people, you will develop the market technology and get the money. So what is it? Culture. Culture. And a good culture of faith, mutual trust and respect, teamwork, transparency, support, no fear. Good people come to work for you and they don't want to leave you. In a company where there is fear, accusations, no respect, no mutual trust, the good people leave, the bad people are left behind, and what's happening? The company gets into trouble. And here we have a fantastic example from Helcom, from Matias, how it works in reality. Thank you so much, Matias. It really was a wonderful presentation. Let's take a break, please. Let's take a break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Adesis Speakers Bureau can present the Adesis methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two, four, or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. The Adesis Management Methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. Adesis Management Methodology is delivered by the Adesis Institute with offices worldwide. Introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the Adesis Institute today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. You know, Matthias, you said something very interesting that Marco, your successor, has a different style from yours. And you said that you are happy that he is different. 
Many founders are afraid when somebody is different because they say, oh, oh my God, he's going to mess up my company. He does not do it like I did. He's doing it differently. He's destroying my company. Why it's not happening with you? Why you feel that because difference, you're welcoming it and you're being excited about the difference rather than feel threatened that he's going to destroy your company? Yeah, um, uh, how would I say it? I, I got experience, to be honest, because at the beginning we, uh, with Marco, we are working together already 13 years. Uh, uh, no, 13 years he's employed in Calcom, but we are working together already 15 years. And at the beginning, uh, let's say we were working together on the same project. Uh, I introduced the product, and then later on I uh, draw Marco in the project. So he took over the management of the same project, and when he was working in his own way, I was scared. I said, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? And so on. It was about 14 years ago. And Mark, Marco said, because uh, I think it's, it's better, it's better, and, and, and so he continued. And it, it made me nervous for some time. But uh, after one, two or three years, I thought that the results of Marco are great. And so this helped me in thinking that I can let somebody else do it, uh, the same thing as I did it, but in a different way. So it was the beginning of my experience. Later on, however, when, when we read uh, your books and when, when we are learning through your um, top league programs, then it is, it is so natural, so normal, that we don't, don't think anymore about anything else but, but, but this way, that of course everybody has his own style, everybody is good in something, is not good in something else, but we have to respect his style and his way of uh, uh, bringing the success. Not our way, and this 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 became a kind of of a culture in Halcom. So I'm happy uh, with that. I'm happy very much with that. I would like to tell the audience to be careful, and it is why to be careful. Everything is right in its right time. If Marco took over the leadership of the company by some, what will I call it? Uh, God forbid, Matthias, God forbid, you got sick and you had to leave the company prematurely before I help, helped you reorganize the company. And Marco was forced to take over the company at that time. I believe it would have been a disaster. Why? Because it was not the right time and not the right way to, to make the transition. What is happening now, why it's working now, is that you are moving into healthy adolescence, what you called it more mature company. The organization is structured as the right budgeting process, as the right flow of information, the right people in the right jobs. The whole thing is organized. Thus, his style, which is very organized, linear, very PA-oriented, is the right style. If you put a PA into an organization that is messy, disorganized, very foggy, you know, very confusing, it would have been a, a bull in a china shop. So what we have to be careful here, when we make the transition, differences work 
in a structure that encourages and nourishes and knows how to control differences. Otherwise, differences can be destructive. The reason why Switzerland is successful, although they have French, Italian, and Germans together, is because of a culture which you trust and respect, and the structure of the cantons and the decentralization. If you took the, the same differences in Yugoslavia, when there was no such mutual trust and respect, look what happened. Yugoslavia fell apart. So differences work in a certain environment where differences can work. And this is an environment of mutual trust and respect for which we need a good functional organization, structure, processes, information, reward systems. Then it works. And that's why it's working now. And I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, Matthias, uh, uh, have you ever made a mistake? <laughs> For sure. But <laughs> to be honest, I was asked several times about that. I, I cannot remember that because I, I forget bad things <laughs> in my life. Uh, I, I, For sure, I did a lot of mistakes. Uh, but what, what fundamental mistake I, I made, I really cannot remember. Wow, wow. Not yes. good, but, but that's a fact. That's very good. That's very good. You don't waste energy on a... But, but did you learn from the mistake before you forgot it? For, for sure, for sure. Because, let's say, there, there were a lot of, uh, let's say, decisions, wrong decisions in business. And then we immediately started to, to uh, correct these uh, decisions. For example... One typical mistake w w would be if we offered something for too high price because we didn't think enough uh, about what the customer ex expects from the price. And this is a mistake. So the next time we have to think it through and uh, let's say to include more people so that there are several aspects of, of the same thing. But there are a lot of such small mistakes. But if I would say... Uh, did we make a big mistake? Or let, let, let me talk about Halcom. In Halcom, we uh, started to develop also products that, that were not successful, that were stopped. But I do not see it as a mistake. I see it as a trial, which is a part of the normal process. Excellent, excellent. Uh, to the audience, uh, 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 in one of my books I say, Falling down, uh, the, the, uh, so, sorry, uh, uh, success is not not falling down. Success is how fast you get up. People that never fall down is because they never tried to walk in a very difficult way. It is not how little you fall. It is how fast you get up. And how fast you get up depends, again, on faith, teamwork, on the culture, on a capability to learn and not waste energy on accusing and chest beating, but getting there saying, what can I learn from this? What can I learn from this event that happened? In other words, it was another trial, like like Latia says. It was not a mistake. It was another trial, trying something out, did not work. Then you ask yourself, what can I learn from it? Let me give you a, a, a tip to the audience. Whenever you have a problem or you have you made so-called a mistake, a trial that did not succeed, 
Don't ask self why. Many people will start saying, why did they make this mistake? Why did they make this mistake? You know what? It is chest beating and looking for a guilty party, accusations, who is to blame. Change the word why with a synonym word. In all languages I know, and I know quite a few, the word why is synonym with the word what for. Za što, which is a Serbian language. Le ma, which is ma and le ma, which is la ma, which is the same thing in Hebrew. Uh, Ke or ke, which is the same thing in Spanish. As you can see, all languages, the synonym for the word why is what for. So ask yourself not why did they make a mistake. Ask yourself what for did they make the mistake. That word what for will trigger you to think about what can I learn from it. What for? What did the God, my teacher, want me to learn from this mistake, from this trial? And Helcom has done very well, and I want to applaud you. Applaud you, Matthias, for the leadership you provided. I loved working with your company, and I look forward to seeing you soon again. Thank you very much for this interview, and I hope all best to you. Thank you. Thank you very much also to you, and you are very much welcome to Slovenia as soon as possible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week for Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week.